Welcome to Outlander with Friends podcast, where we talk about our favorite Outlander episodes, favorite whiskeys, and all the other bits that nobody wants to talk about. This podcast is not for the faint of heart, so if you've read about it or watched it, we're here for it. It's time for Outlander with Friends. Are you drinking coffee at four? Well, so... This is our first, hi everybody, welcome back. This is our first recorded episode (laughs) in autumn of 2023. And as much as I tried, I, you know, I lit my Bath and Body Works caramel drizzle candle and I was kind of feeling the fall vibes and everything. I looked for some autumn cocktails with whiskey. Let me move my head a little bit. It's a hundred fucking degrees out mm-hmm. in Phoenix. I can't do it. it. I can't I do it. That. So I'm drinking iced coffee with blackened whiskey from Metallica. It's good. Can't go wrong. So I told you after that week at Bourbon and Beyond, mm-hmm. I'm pretty much bourboned out. But I will say earlier, I had dinner with some friends and I did have a small pour of Maker's Mark. But yeah, I'm drinking a spritzer. So I didn't know that a spritzer was just wine and like soda mm-hmm. water. So I found these little cans by Barefoot. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, I'll make myself a wine spritzer. And then I bought some Chardonnay. I oh, thought so- that you mixed. <laughs> so you spiked your you spiked your own spritzer with more yeah. wine. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, man, this is really, really potent. <laughs> Maybe I put too much in. And so the next glass that I had, I went half wine and half of this spritzer. And so I'm like, why am I getting so trashed? So I <laughs> oh my called God. my friend and I'm like, how do you make these things? Am I not using the right wine? And she's like, well, what are you doing? So I took a picture of the can and I took a picture of the bottle of wine and I'm like, what are the Of course I could Google this, but I always (laughs) like to take other people's word for it because I'm like, I don't follow directions well. (laughs) And she was like, Ivy, it's already fucking mixed in the can. (laughs) That's why you're getting so drunk. Girl, I had like two glasses before I realized what I was doing wrong. (laughs) And I was just like, oh, okay. Now it makes so much sense why I scared you so much with the first fanfic that I sent you because you just like to take other people's. You're very trusting. Yeah. (laughs) You're not gullible, but you're very trusting. You did not steer me wrong. (laughs) One time, I don't know if you've ever had Truly or any of those types of. I have. Yeah. Spritzer beer drinks or whatever. Mm-hmm. So if you ever drink like I drink a lot of I don't drink soda. I drink like a LaCroix or like the okay. bubblies. Yeah. It's kind of like my substitute. So when Truly first came out, I wasn't paying attention. All of the stuff is in the same area, but you have like your craft beers and then you have like the Spritzer beer and then you have your regular beers. Well, I don't drink beer. And I saw those. I was like, oh, I guess they're just keeping them cool because usually they're out oh, you didn't know open, that they were alcoholic? You know. I didn't know there was alcohol in it, right? <laughs> so this is like, I'm in the military. <laughs> Wait, I grab a case of them every single morning. This is my routine. No way. I didn't even look. I looked at the, I was like, oh, oh this is mixed berry flavor. Are you so I'll drinking grab that one, Trulies right? on your way into work? <laughs> oh. 
Yes. <gasps> every single morning Uh-oh. I drink this. I do the same thing every single morning. When I wake up, I take out a bottle of water and I like to have my water at room temperature. So I leave it out. So when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is drink some water, take a shower, do all that stuff. And then I grab me a spread, like a seltzer water. And I drink that as I'm watching TV and finishing up getting ready for work. And then on the way to work, I'll drink another one. I have never walked in my office when I was in the military and I was working in the three shop. I've never walked in there like chipper, right? It takes me a couple of hours (laughs) to kind of like get into the mood to be there. Girl, I walked in that bitch. Hi, everybody. (laughs) This is with the truly mixed berry on board. (laughs) My girlfriend comes up to me. She's like, girl, you were, did you get some last night? Why are you at I said, no, I'm just really happy to be here, girl. I'm, I'm refreshed, rejuvenated. So I have this can, right? And I, I have a stand-up desk. So I put it on my, my little stand-up desk. I'm typing and stuff. Oh my God. You had it sitting right out there. Walking past my desk. Like no koozie or yeah, anything. Cause I thought it was, <laughs> no girl. I thought it was seltzer water this whole time. So somebody comes up to me and they're like, oh, that's funny. And I said, what? And like, oh, you just drinking beer at work? And I'm like, I'm not, I don't drink beer. And then she's like, um, that's beer. And I said, no, this is seltzer water. And I looked and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> no. I drank like two of these on the way to work, girl, no breakfast or nothing. Oh, I was like, this explains them? why Whoa. I was so chipper. <laughs> oh, shit. Did you get sent home? Okay. So first of all, this was like eight years ago. So don't come at me. I did. I did may have accidentally drank that word, <laughs> but yeah, I was like, oops. Holy shit. <laughs> so, you know, I start reading the labels, but yeah, I thought I was drinking seltzer water and it definitely was not. It was good though. You start reading the labels better late than never. <laughs> I know. And I do now. I see those are, these are learning moments. So someone once told me, they're like, you're like the dumbest smart person I know. And I said, you know, that's a fair <laughs> statement because- <laughs> Oh my God. I said, it's fair because sometimes I get so fixed on the thing that I'm doing that I forget like logical shit. Oh, Ivy, you should probably do this instead of that. I'm very like methodical about how I do things. So all these things in my peripheral, I don't pay attention to. So let's just, let's back it up a little bit. Like we kind of jumped right into the conversation. So last episode, I had mentioned some some fanfic on a website called archiveofourown.org. Now, this is a website that you have to get a membership for, and it's free, and it can be completely anonymous, but there's a lot, a lot, a lot, I mean, like thousands and thousands of authors out there, yes. and people write fanfic for every possible fandom that exists from Star Wars to Star Trek to Outlander to Supernatural to there's, what is it called? Um, Manga, or I don't even know how to pronounce Don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly or not, but like, you know, the Japanese animation stuff. I am new to this, so I have no idea. Anyway, so what we had said last week when we were chatting, Ivy misled me and she said that she had read this yes you 
I said, I, I did read it though. I didn't read it in, in its entirety, but I did you read, read it. You read like the first. I read a couple. I read like the first. You read like the first page of first year. Okay. First year has like 73 chapters or something. Yeah. I think I made it past the first. I think I did read all the right. first chapter. So, I will say that. I think I read all the right. first chapter. So as we get into this conversation, which I don't even know if this is actually going to get published or not, but there are ratings. There are ratings on fanfic and sue me if I like to read the mature and the explicit ones. I thought when I sent you the very first link that I was not throwing you in the deep end because I thought you wrote. You threw me into the depths of the ocean. I, you I was said I'm that you read you. first year. And it was just a couple of pages, <laughs> but I didn't read the whole thing. So I should have said that. I didn't read the whole thing, but I've read it. I've read yes, parts it of it. It starts out um, very but, innocent and quickly. Yeah, so I was like, oh, this is cute. This is a nice alternative to, you know, 1700s, bring it to the future. I like it. I love it. But it escalates quickly. What you sent me the other night, <laughs> what you sent me the other night, I was like, hold up. Wait a minute. Is there anybody else in this house? Look, I, I, girl, I was so, I, I'm going to say I got hot. I got hot under the collar. I was like, <laughs> what the hell am I reading? Like, what is this? Your text girl, messages were hilarious. About, I was like, what is this? Claire? <laughs> when did Claire get oh, so God. nasty? The little freak. <laughs> I am dying. I am dying here. I would like to have a drink or six with your friend who said you are the dumbest smart person that they know because <laughs> then I could tell your friend about fan fiction and how Ivy told me that she read this first year. And so I thought it was okay. Now, now I said, no, I suddenly now understand how you were not aware of this world of smutty fan fiction out That's there. That's a fair assessment. <laughs> It's a fair assessment. She told me. It all makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So I told her about the document that you sent me. Oh, my God. And she's like, oh, yeah, girl. She's she, like, yeah. I'll be reading that all the time. Dude. And I was like. I need to. Yes. I need to get together with her. I need to come and see you. Yeah. Because. So then I'm she gonna, was telling me. Yeah. About this book. So she told me about this book, which I, I can't remember what it's called, but her and her kid we're reading this book and it's about these twin sisters. Okay, now I'm scared that <laughs> these twin sisters that are like in love with this book series, let's just say it's outlander. Okay. And they begin to write fanfic about the book that they love okay. and the characters. Right. But then they go off to college and one of the sisters is like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I'm going to do my own thing and start my own life. Well, the other sister's like, I love this and I'm going to continue to write for it. So the book is about the girl's fanfic, but people loved her fanfic in the book so much. The actual writer of the book wrote books about the girl's fanfic. Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy? So the imagined fanfic, the the story within the story, like jumped the fourth wall and became its own bestseller. Yes. That's fantastic. And I want to circle back around to that. But I will just, I'm just going to say 
I started to say this a little bit earlier. When you said, now you're aware of everything that's out there, honey, no, you are not. You are so not. There's another level of depravity. There is another level. And last week or the week before, this fanfic author, who I really, really enjoy her stories, had an actual real-life paperback book published. Now, her story started out started out as Jamie and Claire fan fiction, but she had to rework it and change the names and change all the identifying details and stuff, but it is now actually a book that's available. So her fanfic, and she's not the first one to do that. Fifty Shades of Grey started out as Twilight fanfic, or do I have that reversed? Really? Yeah. I think the the author E.L. James was writing Twilight fanfic after she fell in love with the Twilight books or something, and somebody liked it so much, they gave her a three-book deal on it. So yeah, this has just happened with, God, what's her pen name? Jennifer Rose, I think. And the title of the book is Lost Things. And Hmm. I will just say I really enjoyed that. And my Catholic guilt is on a scale of one to 10 is about 27 for really enjoying this story. Oh oh my gosh. (laughs) And if any, yeah, and if anybody has any, if anybody read it while it was still fanfic, it was called Oh Night Divine, and now it's called Lost Things as a paperback. It's available on Amazon. Is so <laughs> I'm I'm kind of I'm intrigued. So Twilight, yeah, the vampire, yep. sparkly vampires, Fifty Shades of Grey. Came is like a spinoff, or think it started out as Twilight fan fiction, and I could be screwing this up. I might have the wrong fandoms because I personally didn't read Fifty Shades of Grey or any of the other ones. I I heard about. Well, I heard how bad the writing was. (laughs) So this is probably not a great. It was bad. Well, the writing in Fifty Shades of Grey is is pretty bad. Lots of people disagree. That's totally fine. No judgment. If that's your thing, that's awesome. I would read it, but I think that the genre of, I'll say it, the the genre of sexuality in that series, from what I understand, is not something that I would find interesting. Okay. Not that I have a problem with it. I just don't think that I would get into it. Like, I like the alpha male kind of... I'm just going to make a note of fanfics not to send you from my book yeah don't don't send me yeah just i mean because there's a difference between alpha male and then somebody being domineering yes and i think that because i'm i think i'm an atypical alpha female that it would just kind of get on my nerves (laughs) that is fair that would be that is you know what that's a really astute personal insight and i never thought of it that way but i i remember that book, I think there was a movie that came out about it too. Hmm? Um, of what? Yeah, that has our boy in it. Um, Jamie Dor- Dornan, is that? Oh, right? yeah, Fifty Shades of Grey. There's movie? a trilogy of movies. Yeah, yeah. There's three. 
Oh, they did all three of they them. They did all three. I'm, I'm, gonna have I'm to, pretty I'm sure they did watch it though. Pretty sure they did all three. I haven't seen them. Someday we're going to have to, I just got a show idea. We're going to have to solicit things from our listeners, but uh, six degrees of Jamie and Claire or something, or six degrees of Sam and Katrina, six degrees of Outlander. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause Katrina and Jamie Jamie Dornan were in Belfast. Belfast. Exactly. That could be a fun. That'll be fun. So yeah. Fanfic can absolutely run the entire spectrum of human uh, interaction and emotion. (laughs) So I hope like, you know, this kind of stems a conversation for our listeners. I want people to send me some of their favorite fanfics for this Outlander sub-universe. I like that because, idea very I mean, much. You, I've, already, I've already been baptized under fire. You, you've thrown <laughs> me to the wall. <laughs> so now I'm kind of interested if there's other people out there that are reading these things and what are their favorite stories? Oh, there are a lot I mean, of people reading these The one these you sent things. me. And that was short. They were. It was only a few pages. There are some fanfics that are as long as a novel. I've learned from reading fanfic about how compared to a paperback book, the the thickness of paperback books, roughly a hundred and a hundred thousand words or so. And all these fanfics on archive of our own, it's, it's called AO3 for short. So I just say AO3. Mm they give you the word count right at the top and it's got tags. It's got the rating. Sometimes it has a summary. It'll tell you if it's a modern alternate universe or canon compliant or all kinds of things like that. It'll tell you things to watch out for like the the different tags. It'll tell you the types of relationships that are in it. So that if, you know, if you're not into I'm just going to come out and say it. If you're not into homosexual relationships or lesbian relationships, then you should read the tags on the beginnings of stories that are mature or explicit rated, even teen and up. You should always read the tags Mm -hmm. because it's considered rude in the fanfic universe to read something, not like it, comment on it, ripping the author when they told you right at the top of the screen. This is what's going to be in this. Right. I I think that it's fair to say, and I'm including myself in this, I think it's fair to say that if you have read, even watched Outlander, that nothing should surprise you in this fanfic, even though I was. I was surprised. That is fair. I mean, there's some subjects in Outlander that people like to stay away from. Yes. Right? There is political leanings, there are social issues, there are things that have happened that are, they're a part of our history and it is what it Mm -hmm. is. And people will literally just like skip over those parts because it's uncomfortable. That's fair. You can do that. There are, but also I don't think it's fair to tear an author down for addressing it in their book because you picked it up and you read it. I would say that there's nothing that I read in Outlander's first book or the ninth book that I was surprised along the way, except for the storylines. You know what I mean? Like Diana kind of set the yeah, tone she's, for exactly. how she is as a writer. Exactly. So she did not let off the gas when she pressed it. Yeah. Like she was like, we're running this bitch to E at a hundred miles an hour. 
And so these fanfics are even more upfront and transparent. Outlander, the TV show, they have ratings at the top of every episode and tells mm-hmm. you what kind of things to watch out for, what's going to be and included. It's going to be very explicit. It'll have it'll a have a trigger warning beginning, like hey, right. viewers. Yeah. Outlander books, they don't have, they don't tell you or they don't have all the tags at the beginning to tell you everything that's going to be included. So if you read the first one and you don't know, I guess that's fair to say that I didn't like this and this and this. But like you said, once you've read the first book, you're not going to really find much of anything that goes on in the subsequent eight books that you should be surprised by. Do you think, have you ever watched Game of Thrones? Oh yeah, I've watched every episode of it. Okay, well, I'm going to shut up because I have it. Um, <laughs> but you would tell me that you've watched, watched Game of Thrones and then I would think it's... I have watched yeah, Game of Thrones, but I would, but I have I would think Game it's okay to send you fanfic about Game of Thrones. <laughs> You're abs- so my husband and one of my really good friends, they love and they are just shocked that I have not watched the entire series. But I have watched enough episodes that I could probably hold a conversation with somebody that's watched all seven seasons or whatever the case is. In the Game of Thrones, they were like, you're getting all of this. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, yes, they're siblings, and they are going to get it on like Donkey Kong, and you're going to watch it. I was like, yep, that just happened, and I feel very uncomfortable. I feel very uncomfortable watching this. And that's fair. I could now appreciate why he has not watched Outlander with me. Now, he has watched episodes, but he will not watch the entirety because he's like, Ivy, I walk in and (laughs) this man is being raped in prison. And he's like, the thing that he saw was when Black Jack Randall had smashed that nail through his hand. Oh, okay. And he was like, what the hell? But he loves historical stuff, right? So he was all in it. He's okay with the time travel stuff. He's just like, whatever. Because it's not so fantastical that it's unbelievable, right? Yeah. We know we ain't about to run full steam ahead into a a stone. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Even though I've tried. (laughs) Just to see. But... (laughs) That it wasn't so fantastical that it was unbelievable. It was right. tastefully done. And the way that it jumped from one time period to the next seamlessly is what he, I think, enjoyed the most about watching it. And then all the historical accuracy because yeah. he's, yeah. Uh, he loves history. So that is what hooked him in. And then the storyline was good too. But then he'd leave and he'd come back and then he'd see something crazy. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. yeah. I mean, because you got to keep all the viewing audience engaged, right? You know, like you never know who's going to walk into the room and mm-hmm. see something. So you're going to come back to Outlander, even if there's a part that you did not enjoy, because there are so many other parts that you will enjoy. Like That is the a drama. great observation. Because there are people all over the place, all over Facebook. We're like six weeks, seven weeks into Droughtlander. And oh my God, tangent to my tangent. Last week, no, a couple days ago, I saw on Instagram, somebody called this the penultimate Droughtlander. 
And I was like, oh my God, that hit me really hard because penultimate means second to the last. It's the second, yeah. to, it's the fucking second to the last drought lander, y'all. Anyway, I forgot where I was going with this. Damn it. I knew it. that's why I shouldn't go on a tangent off of a tangent because I forget where I'm going to go. You have to bring it back. Yeah, I have to bring it but back. But we were just talking about there's so many things to love about Outlander. But oh, yeah, yeah. So what I've been doing is, is, yeah, there it is. Thank you. What I've been doing is spending a lot of time scrolling the Outlander books and series group on Facebook, but also the Outlander subreddit. There are some really intelligent people on the Outlander subreddit and they ask thought provoking questions and people have theories over there that I've read in the last couple of days that have never, I've never read before. I've been in this fandom for only three years, granted. So some people have been around a lot longer and they've had a lot longer to think about it than I have, but just some ideas about ideas about Jamie's ghost ideas about Somebody asked about Mandy's powers and thought in the side novel, The Space Between with Master Raymond, where he's talking to Comte Saint-Germain and he's talking about looking for his quote unquote daughter. He means one of his descendants. But what if he means Mandy? Because she seems to have multiplied her powers. Who knows if she has the healing power like Claire does, but she's got some kind of Fraser sight. She's got some connection to her brother, Jemmy. When the Mackenzies, when the four of them went through the stones, Mandy is the one who kept them from all getting whatever disintegrated or from never reassembling on the other side of the stones by mentally saying something to her entire family within that time travel to search for granddad with his stories. And I just went, oh my God, these people have put so much thought into this stuff. Yeah, I've thought about that. Um, It does not surprise me that you've thought about it, but stuff like that (laughs) shocks the hell out of me because I just don't think that deeply about it. But Anyway, all of that. I know because I think is, it's like the over analytical parts of us that do that. Right, because I right. always thought that but I, when it came to Mandy, because I didn't care for show Mandy, but right. that's because she was very young and, mm-hmm. and Jemmy's yeah. like, oh, she can travel too, or she hears it too. And she's like four days old, like calm down, kid. <laughs> so she's got two grandparents that have that special something. Then she has that two parents true. that does. And then, Ooh. you know, her brother. Ooh. I didn't think And then there's that. her. So she's like the most powerful one of them all. Yeah. Like her and Jimmy should be the most powerful mm-hmm. ones of them all. And so the reason why I thought about this is because I'm like, how were they able to return, spoiler alert, to the past <laughs> without Mandy really having any memories of being in the past? How are they going to generate that memory for her? Because you have to think about somebody on that side to steer to the right time. Yeah. And how is she able to do that? So I'm like, she must have some, she has met like the pinnacle of all the characters from Galus mm-hmm. to Buckley to all these people that have traveled, even Roger's dad by accident, right? Right, right. Um, She's the most 
the youngest, her and Jimmy should be the most powerful time Time travelers of them all. And they may need very little to steer. I think the gemstones are like putting your seatbelt on for them. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like that. It would help to have it so you don't have an accident. But if you don't have it, I think that based on how difficult the journey is, like if they were trying to go somewhere that they didn't know people, it would be imperative that they put their seatbelt on. But because they're going back to a time where they know people that they probably don't need a seatbelt. I get what you're saying. Like, I wonder how that's going to play out when they do it in the show, because they've already done it in the books. We've kind of like crossed that bridge already. But to explain how Mandy is able Mm -hmm. to get herself back to the past is going to be very interesting. So that's my fanfic. Exactly. (laughs) Very logical and analytical. That's where I was kind of going. Like I love all these, I love all these theories and all the different ways that we can get ourselves through Droughtlander and talking to people with different theories the social media things that people are coming up with. It seems, it almost seems to me like there's a theme going on on Instagram right now. Maybe are, maybe they're collaborating and I don't know, but anyway. Yeah. So you're right. I think that's a great way to get through the Droughtlander is kind of like, what if, but I also thought too, what was, and I, and I brought this up in a message too, the heroes and villains aspect of Outlander. So there's so many, yes. like we already have our hero, right? Jamie's our hero. He's always going to be our hero, but Claire's our hero there are too. heroes of the moment. There are things that like Murtaugh did that if it were not for the fact that he was there, there would not be a Jamie and Claire story. That's a great point. And I'll even say the same for like Dougal McKenzie. You know what I mean? Like there are things that Dougal did, like going after Claire when she first got apprehended by Black Jack Randall. There are different moments where there are more than just Jamie's more than the hero in that moment. And I'd like to explore that, I guess, in the sense that where would the story had gone had those moments not been there? If Murtaugh had not been the one to run down on Claire and Black Black Jack Jack like I always wonder about that. That's the one thing that like, if I say something keeps me up at night, (laughs) uh, I would say that would be it. What if... Murtaugh did not find her. What would have happened to Claire and how that storyline would have played out of her being thrown back 200 years with this man that looks like her husband. I wonder how that story would have unfolded. I I hope somebody out there has written this. Somebody has written this. I'm glad. I'm so happy that you said that. There's a seven part fan fiction. What? In this fan fiction in this universe, it is an infinite time loop and it's seven different stories. I'm only on the fourth one right now. And some of them are as long as a novel, not as long as an Outlander novel, but some of them are really long stories and things happen differently. In one of them, Murta prevents Jamie from going to Murta prevents both of himself and Jamie from becoming involved in the little skirmish going on when Claire comes through the stones. And instead Dougal finds her and she gets taken to Castle Leoc, but things unfold differently than the way they did in, in I have to send that the to actual, me. I will, I will. 
I'm glad I brought that up because I will say that was one thing that I'm like, what if yeah, they weren't the ones that found her? It's totally an immersive experience. And when you're somebody who spends an inordinate amount of time thinking about Outlander things and relating them in some whichever crazy way, relating, finding a way to relate Outlander to everything that happens in your daily life. Spoiler, <laughs> spoiler alert. It's me. I'm the problem. It's me. It's really cool to see other people's imagination take flight in that way. Anyway, you were talking about the heroes, but also the villains. I did right. reach out to Tamberly and her Instagram handle is outlander.mccree and she is going to be a guest on the podcast. Oh, how fun. Yeah, she's done a whole bunch of absolutely gorgeous edits about the different villains of Outlander. And so I would love to dive into her thought process and her creative process. Yeah. So the reason why I thought about that too, is like, everybody has like an origin story Mm -hmm. because when black Jack Randall came on the scene, this is how he was introduced to us. He was an ancestor of Frank's and he had some questionable things that happened in his military career. And that was it. Right. They were like, Oh, they speculated as to why he was called black Jack Randall, maybe because he was a black guard or maybe because he was a rake, you know, but there was no real reason why he was the way that he is. And then the first time we see him, he tries to rape Claire. <laughs> so Right, because his soul is pitch black. <laughs> there had to have been something that happened to this guy before he became a part of Frank's history and Claire's present. Like yes. she meets him. So made him the villain of this story. Like there has somebody out there has written this man's origin story. I have not found it yet, but I am looking forward to it. Because there's obviously like, you know, he, if he's an officer, I don't know. I know he has another brother besides Alex. So yeah, he's, he's another- Blackjack Randall is the second, second, second son. So maybe there's something there about him being a second son and being, I don't know if he was jealous of his older brother or maybe something happened to his older brother or he was mistreated, but there has to be a reason why he turned into the person that he is. And I know right. somebody out there has thought about this and has written a story about it. And I'd like to hear it. I'd like to hear their thoughts about it. Same. So if anybody knows that story, you should DM us the link on Yes, AO3. if you know that story, please do. <laughs> Just like Dougal McKenzie. I don't think he was like a complete villain, but he played the villain in some regards. And did he deserve to die? No, <laughs> I stand by it and not because it's Graham. Mm, <laughs> I just I don't like, know. I think you're biased. I've always been team Google <laughs> and I I've already pleaded my case for Leary. There's a lot right. of villains and heroes of the day that, their story didn't get shaken out and I'm going to theorize about it and I'm going to think about it and I'm going to come up with a really good explanation for their behavior. Just, it's <laughs> kind of like being, a, what do you call it? Um, the lawyers that, that you just get because you can't afford one. Public defenders. Yeah. I'm going to be a public defender of these villains in this oh. story. Oh, that's going to be <laughs> an gonna, interesting concept. Yeah. Hang on. I'm going to hold you to that. Ivy yeah, I'm gonna 
a public defender. But you're going to have to present your case as well, because we only have the evidence that their creator, Diana, has given them. But I'm going to dig deeper and I'm going to find. Make up their backstory then. I'm going to, but I'm going to use the information that I have from the books to defend. I'm going to defend their honor. (laughs) Some of them have no honor. That is Mm. true. There's some people, but you know what? Every person has a right to representation, at least in this country. And I think in a lot of other countries. So. But a lot of the story doesn't take place in this country. I'm just going to (laughs) say. Well, even in the country that they left, it's the same. They get in front of the chief. They explain themselves and he's the judge and the jury. So. Okay, fine. Whatever. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm not going to completely defend them because there's some shit you just can't defend. Like the Browns. They got what the fuck they deserved. <laughs> they were the Man. they were the absolute worst. There was nothing to do to defend them. And I don't even care what made them who they are. They're dirt. Yeah. They're trash and there's nothing that you could tell me otherwise. But maybe you've, there's something got, that's redeeming. You know, then you've got the different shades of gray, so to speak. You've got Malva. Yep. Who's very defensible. You've got Leary, who you've already done some defending of. Even, I don't even know if I want to say this, but even Alan may have Mm. a little bit of, I mean, like early childhood, the woman who raised him treated him absolutely horrifically because his mother was burnt. Wait, do I have the wrong mother? No, his mother was burned to the cross, right? As a witch. Yeah, exactly. And then her sister took him in. Anyway. That's neither here nor there right now. That's a different show. That's another episode. I'm just saying be prepared for it because it's happening. This was pretty cool in the end, the way this all shook out. I know, discussing interesting places. I mean, I'm glad that you opened the door and shoved me through it. That was fun. This that could lead fun. to some really cool places. I'm just going to say. Yeah. Yeah. So um, now that that's, that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I really enjoyed just kind of like diving into the world of fanfic. Absolutely. It's actually, you know, you're right. It does it kind of assages the feeling of not so much, you know, you're not as deserted and left alone as you would be in these drought land times. Because like mining course is over, so we only had like a couple weeks of that to get us through, and then it was like poof. Good luck, guys. We'll be back next year sometime. So I know. Can I just say the Outlander Stars social media accounts have mm, they've kept up a trickle of whatever, yeah. but now that the writers' strike is over, I am so looking forward to having some more content coming out on Instagram and Twitter. I know those writers are in the writer's room and working really hard, but give some crumbs to the star's social media director because we need it. Oh my God, we need it. No, it's just kind of like... For the love of God, can the actors get all of the things that they want? They should not have to be replaced by AI and they should get streaming residuals and all the good things like that. But, oh, my God, I can't wait until the strike is over. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think I don't know a lot about it 
past what I've read. I fully understand the power of AI. I use a lot. I use it a lot at work at my current job. And I mean, it knocks out a lot of man hours, a mm-hmm. lot of man hours. So I can see the appeal, but also it's kind of like when COVID forced restaurants to do DoorDash and restaurants had these kiosks that no longer required people to be standing up front to yes. take your order. You yeah. put a lot of people out of work, a lot of people that had a very specific skill set. Cause I won't say low skill set mm-hmm. because I mean, quite frankly, I don't have the ability to do a lot of the things that people have been replaced with automation with. So right. I can understand why these actors are like, I need to be able to protect my likeness. Now there's one thing about user generated content because what you're talking about is your fans doing a lot of your promotion without you having to pay them without you having to, you know, your intellectual property isn't being infringed upon, right? Because they're using your likeness, they're using it to promote you. That's a different kind of usage of your likeness versus AI will literally use your likeness and your voice and create content that you weren't even, but so lifelike that people could believe it was you. Yeah. Deep fakes. I mean, we're going to be watching entire, without this contract for SAG, we're going to be watching movies that are entirely deep fakes. And frankly, I I don't, I'm not there. I don't want that. Yeah. I actually follow this guy on Instagram He's incredible, but he's played a body double for Tom Cruise. And then he has a company that does AI stuff and his videos are so, I mean, I, you cannot tell the difference between him and Tom Cruise. They could be standing in the same room and you would not know which one was real and which one was fake. That's how great his deep fake AI is. And he's done other, he has a, an associate that looks has a similar characteristics of Paris Hilton and she's done appearances as her using these deep fake AI facial. Oh, wow. I wouldn't say recognition, but I would not even disguise It's a facial fi- filter, but it's so okay. realistic. People have thought they were looking and talking to her and oh, that's amazing. it was just, a, but once you take off the filter and you see this guy, like, yeah, he kind of has some of his features. His voice sounds mm-hmm. nothing like Tom Cruise, but the voice modulator that he uses and the AI filter that kind of transforms his face into Tom Cruise, you would not be able to tell the difference at all. So our real world technology is starting to catch up to the voice filter and the disguises yep. that Mission Impossible have been portraying for 20 years or, or 20 longer. Years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Crazy that that was the one that they used too, right? He's I know. That's why. Literally known for his portrayal of Tom Cruise and like Tom obviously knows about it cuz otherwise the guy would be sued, but like he shows people right. what the power of AI is and why it's important for these actors to get some sort of binding contract that says that yes. not only will you not do this without our permission, you, but we will be compensated you when you do do it. Because yeah, I mean, to be quite frank, exactly. I know this is just my theory. It's hard to age in Hollywood as a woman without having to mm-hmm. do a lot of things to yourself cosmetically. Mm-hmm. And the same thing for men, depending on 
what you're trying to evolve into. So like you look at like George Clooney, he was like the young heartthrob. And then he grew into like this handsome bachelor, like through all the ocean series. And then he settled down and now he's like this older distinguished silver Fox kind of gentleman. Right. So that was an easy transition for him. He did nothing but age and he aged the way that he chose to. But then you look at other actors and female actors where they have to, they don't want to be somebody's mom. Cause once you become somebody's mom, you know that your career is kind of like hitting that twilight zone. But that usually happens mm-hmm. for women around 34, 35 years old, unless you can I know. beat back the Isn't hands it, of time. It's really crazy to me that Lauren Lyle and Nell Hudson are only, I think four years apart, four years apart in yeah. age and they play yeah. mother and daughter. I know yeah. that that's all prosthetics and makeup application techniques, but still, Nell is, what is she, like 33? Lauren yeah. is 29-ish or something like but that. But the fact that you can play somebody's mom, like that's the point. Yeah. You can play somebody's and that's, mom. You don't, yeah, and you don't want to, and actresses have that stigma when they reach a certain age. There just aren't there's, I mean, it's starting to change with more actresses um, creating their own production companies. Like I'm thinking Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston, specifically because I'm in the middle of watching season three of The Morning Show right now. They're starting to get better, but still overwhelmingly. But they, they have to do that because Hollywood because is not Hollywood, allowed them to age. Because Hollywood studios are still all run by old yep. old men. And the other and, part of that too is like, not only will they not have just allow, I mean, we've put pressure on them because we now have an expectation for them to look a certain way because Hollywood said they had to. And yeah. I think that the liability that the Hollywood producers and studio executives take is like, for every time that you step out and get something done, regardless of what it is, that's money out of our pockets. We could use AI during that six weeks it takes you to heal from getting X, Y, and Z done and you don't even have to take off your tape or whatever it is that's on your face. <laughs> we can fix that in post. <laughs> yeah, because like the AI will take care of that. And like yeah. uh, Harrison Ford, he's a, he's older and he's like, that is not my face. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, they de-aged him. Yeah, they de-aged him. And he was like, this is an example of what that would look like. Because if you see this man in person, he looks like your grandfather should after being in Hollywood for 60 years or whatever the case is. So I I understand why I would definitely be like, I'm not coming back to work until you guys tell me, or at least assure me that if you're going to do it, let me know that you're doing it. And if you're going to do it, I need to be paid for it because you would not be able to sell this movie if you weren't going to use my likeness in reality or this sub reality that you're creating with AI. So well put, I hope that whatever it, ends up being that they do get protected from that. And I'm never going to shoot down. I'm, I'm one of those people that love to see change. Everything that happens, I'm there for it. I don't fight change. I'm like good, bad, or indifferent. This is how civilizations evolve. And mm-hmm. I love to see that, but also people live in this, right? So, I mean, you have to kind of consider your citizens too. Yeah. Change is good, but it's not good for everybody. So that you can't please everybody, but you got to make sure that at least you're protecting those people that it affects the most. So 
I, I hope that it does come to a resolution, not for my own selfish reasons, but because I know it's important and that's their trade. But that's my, my spiel about that. Let's, <laughs> let's hope this ends soon. <laughs> well, on that note, we have probably come to a good spot to end this episode. So I guess yeah. we're going to work on getting some some more of our listeners, getting some friends of Outlander yeah. with Friends to come on. That'll be so exciting. I want to meet new people. Yes. And talk about new things. So I'm sure people are sick of hearing our voices, or at least mine. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, come on now. Speak for yourself. (laughs) I know. Is it at least mine? How could anybody ever be tired of hearing our voices? Uh, I want to hear what other people have to say. (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. All right. Well, I guess until next time, we will uh, see you later, alligators. Everybody have a good one, and we'll be back next week. Take care. Bye. Thank you all for listening. You can find us, follow and message us on Instagram at Outlander with Friends, or drop us an email at outlanderwithfriends at gmail.com. And hey, if you like the show, leave us a review and a five-star rating. Listen next week for more T&I. Don't say we didn't warn you.